Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. So we've taken our next step in this infinite journey of enlightenment. A series of events have taken place that has brought us to where we are right now. This is the most important time of our lives. It's in this very moment which exists prior to a thought that we have the potential to be. Being exists in this moment, in this time, and knowing, seeing, feeling, and experiencing all that there is right now. Stay tuned as Ron Ash teaches how to locate our special gift, connect with spirit, and intentionally create our experiences. Do you have a special gift that you'd like to share with the world? Then consider broadcasting your message on BTRN. The Bean Talk Radio Network is local, national, and international broadcasting with powerful programs that enlighten minds and change lives. BTRN hosts are passionate about purpose, motivating listeners to confidently move forward in the direction of their dreams. To host a show on BTRN, call 401-640-GIFT. Become a part of the Bean Talk Radio Network today and contribute to positive change tomorrow. We are BTRN, the Bean Talk Radio Network. The best way to predict the future is to create it. The Intuitive Life Coach takes a metaphysical approach to life coaching, identifying root issues, accessing key problems, and formulating a highly effective approach and resolution. Through proven coaching techniques, the Intuitive Life Coach will help you to move confidently in the direction of your dreams. Author, counselor, teacher, Ron Ash is the Intuitive Life Coach. Call 424-777-LAWS or connect online at theintuitivelifecoach.me. Westside Yoga is the premier yoga center committed to the integration of body, mind, and inner spirit. Whether you choose to participate in a single class for $10 or sign up for two weeks of unlimited classes for $35, Westside Yoga will help increase flexibility, alleviate stress, and improve memory and balance. Westside Yoga, 511 Broadway, Providence, Rhode Island. Visit westsideyogari.com or call 401-228-POSE. Westside Yoga, yoga na. Feel great. Art Gutkin is a medical intuitive specializing in Akashic Record Meditation, Energy Healing, and other forms of relief. Through Art Gutkin's Integrated Regression Healing Technique, current illnesses that stem from childhood events and emotions are identified, permitting Art to assist in the resolution of the past and healing of the present. Open your eyes to a new outlook on life through Art Gutkin's gift, 888-506-5975 or medintuitive.com. Experience the power of being. Join author and intuitive life counselor Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. For a complete list of our affiliate stations and showtimes, visit beingwithronash.com.
Welcome to Being with Ron Ash. I'm Ron Ash, your host, and we are the Being Talk Radio Network, live and local, national and international, on great stations worldwide. For a complete list of our affiliates and showtimes, visit us online at beingwithronash.com. That's beingwithronash.com. Today you are Being with Ron Ash. Sean Bianca and Elizabeth Hanley will be joining us, author of No Problem, How to Focus on Solutions. I think uh, solutions are really uh, so important, and so many people seem to get caught up in the problem and neglect uh, finding the root of that problem and then setting forth a plan uh, and moving towards a solution. Don't you think, Sean Bianca? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, as a woman, we talk to our girlfriends, uh, you know, ad nauseum and uh, over lunch or dinner about problems that we have in our life, and we never come up with a solution. <laughs> Men, mm-hmm. I think, are more attackers of a problem, but I think women like to talk about it, and we have more difficulty in finding a solution. So mm-hmm. I'd love to hear her take on it. I I had a business for uh, 17 years, a chain of retail stores, and and one of the things, and you know, going into it, I re, you know, when I found a problem, um, it wasn't something I was happy about, but I I would get so excited about you know formulating a solution, you know, really uh, getting down to the root of the issue, uh, begin that problem solving uh, process, and then it was such a euphoric feeling once once I finally got myself out of it and and into smooth sailing once again. Right, exactly. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, if you can find the solution easily, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. great. But sometimes problems aren't that easily solved. <laughs> I wish they all could be. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, I mean, you, you feel like, you know, you've just come up with a cure for, for cancer when you solve, you mm-hmm. know, a problem going on either in your life or in in business and Mm -hmm. um but no it is euphoric when you do i mean i used to be a teaching tennis professional Mm -hmm. and sometimes people people understand things differently and so a lot of times i would have to think of maybe five or six different ways of fixing their problem with Mm -hmm. a certain stroke and i have to say when i finally said it the right way so that they got it it was like oh Yes, <laughs> I did it, and so mm-hmm. yes, I mean it. It is. It's a. It's a great, great feeling. So really, communicating uh, to the other person uh, what the problem is is really the uh, hurdle many times. And you know, in business, it's more or less a black and white type of thing. You know, uh, right. the numbers are off. You know, uh, you know there are some internal things we talked about uh, on the last show about the relationships in the workplace and uh, how those all have an effect on everyone who is involved. But uh, yeah, with people, sometimes it's very difficult, and, and and many times it's the people that are closest to us because they're going through something, and if we don't really know exactly what that is, and they're not communicating to us, we're, we're kind of left with our. Uh, uh, no course of action. We don't know what to exactly. do. We we are aware there's a problem there, but you know where where do we go from there? I mean, if there's not an open line of communication, um, you know, honesty and uh, being forthright about what's happening in their lives, there's really not much that we can do. I I agree. I think I think problems with business are more easily solved mm-hmm. because it is black and white. But when you're dealing with other people. 
Exactly. You're not a mind reader. And so Mm -hmm. it has to do with communication. And if Mm -hmm. they're not communicating, then it's difficult to figure out what the problem is that you're having with that person, be it Mm -hmm. a mother, father, or or a a romantic interest. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's not not quite so easily taken care of. Yeah, all of the above. And with ourselves, that's a big issue for, you know, um, uh, many of us. You know, myself included. Sometimes there could be something going on in me, and I'm not aware of it. And this is transpiring into all these different uh, things in my life that are not making me happy, making me feel good. Right, right. Causing me to be on the path that I want to be on. Well, let's uh, bring in Elizabeth Hanley. Hello, Elizabeth from Australia. Yes, hello. Hello from Sydney, Australia. Hello, everyone. Hello. Very interesting. Hello. How are you, Bianca? How are you? Fine, thanks. Fine, thanks. Great to have you. (laughs) Great to communicate with you. No problem. How to focus on solutions. She is in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, and I am in New England, Rhode Island, the biggest little state in the Union. Oh, Palm Beach, lucky. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm thinking I've always wanted to go to Australia. <laughs> That's yeah. on my bucket list. Yeah, mine also. I don't think um, I don't think they have any problems in Palm Beach, do they? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? In Palm Beach, it's um, it's actually it's funny. I ran into a friend yesterday, and she said it's almost like a dream world. And yeah, it's true. It sounds like it. it. It, it is. It's almost like a dream world. Everyone has their perfect little houses and their perfect little families. But uh, if you really dig deep, uh, it's not so perfect. Mm, In fact, yeah. when I moved here, it was any. I was quite surprised that it was anything but. <laughs> so it's not all it, it, it's perceived to be. Mm-hmm. But Australia, <laughs> you're where yeah, it's you at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very interested in getting out there as well. So yes, I think it's, 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 you know, Palm Beach and, and many other places, people are just, uh, you know, unaware that there are uh, problems sometimes. Or, you know, the people around those people look and say, wow, this person has a perfect life, but but really they don't know. It's a facade, you know. Uh, you know, we all have problems. We all need to learn how to deal with them. How did you first come to write this book, No Problem, How to Focus on Solutions? What was the driving force behind it? Behind it. Well, actually, I'm a research librarian, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't actually set out to write a book. I, I set out to give myself a happier life because I was struggling through a lot of problems and I was unhappy and stressed. And uh, you know that old saying where misfortunes come in three? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the first one <laughs> I often wonder if we manifest that because we expect it. <laughs> well, Good maybe. Um, I, I, I managed to manifest all three. Okay. <laughs> the place where I was working, we were told one in three of us would uh, lose our jobs because of the economic downturn. The place I was renting was up for sale, so I had to move out. And my boyfriend stopped ringing me. So <laughs> I wasn't very happy. Can you beat that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> you you yes, really did was... have absolutely everything go wrong at once. Oh, poor you. Oh, it did, it did. It did, it did. Actually, um, I, I was so fed up at work one day because everybody was distressed because we didn't know who was going to lose their jobs. We knew that one or two of us was going to go. And um, I went home early and uh, I actually turned the TV on and I'm not h- normally home around lunchtime. And guess who was on? Dr. Phil. Oh. <laughs> Dr. 
Bill was actually the catalyst for this book. Um, he, he actually asked a question. He was near the end of his show. I'd never heard of Dr. Phil before because mm-hmm. I, I was at work when his show's on. And he asked a very interesting question that I've never forgotten. And um, he said, if you were a business manager, if you had a business, sorry, and um, your manager was running it into the ground, would you keep hiring them or would you fire them? Mm-hmm. Well, naturally, you'd fire them. And then he, he went on to say, well, you're the manager of your life. Are you getting the results you want, like happiness, success, and health? Would you keep hiring yourself or would you fire yourself? And I'm like, oh, I am so fired. I am so fired. <laughs> and um, have you ever asked yourself that question, either of you? That's a great analogy. And, it uh, is. I thought it no, was. I, yeah. I actually you, haven't, but, um, but thinking you are, about it. You are, yes. Well, you, you are know, your the, own life manager. If the you're important not thing about it is that taking the blame for you know what we have at this present time, you know, not uh, blaming other people for where we're at. Exactly, exactly. And um, I was sort of blaming the economy for the job losses and blaming my boyfriend for me being upset. And I decided, well, mm-hmm. look, I'm going to manage my life a bit better. And I ended up, of all places, uh, at the local library in front of the self-help section. There were a lot of books there, and I just wanted one on problem solving. You know, you just want a book, you want to read it, and you want to go, get on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, there wasn't, there wasn't one on problem solving. And I'm thinking, great, I'm going to have to do this the hard way. So what I ended up doing is I ended up um, reading uh, as many self-help books as I could get, and I looked for information on problem solving from each book. For example, Tony Robbins, you've heard of him. He was a big author in the U.S. Absolutely. Anthony Robbins? Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when I started reading his book, it's 500 pages. When I got to the middle, I'd forgotten what I read at the beginning. So <laughs> I had to go back and I started taking notes. So about like 200 books later, I had this like this folder full of notes. And I thought, well, this is a lot of stuff to remember. So what I did is I put them under four simple tips, what, what I have classified as four simple tips. So you remember the tip, you can remember all their valuable advice. So that's actually how the book came about. Interesting. That makes sense. Mm. I mean, you should be an expert 200 books later. <laughs> probably, you know, reading on problem solving, obviously you should be an expert by now. So, yes, I would definitely read your book. <laughs> well, it took me three years of reading and, and, and um, taking notes. Um, so um, it was worth it because I'm a totally different person because uh, I was blaming and expecting life to make me happy and wondering why things went wrong. I don't do mm-hmm. that anymore. I know yeah. exactly why things go wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually how it came about. I wasn't intentionally looking to write a book. So mm-hmm. It was a great experience. Yeah, we, we, we have to watch our very slippery slope. We could fall into that victim stance and, you know, everybody's yeah. after us and it's everybody's fault and... You know, yes. poor me, and then we start to get addicted to those feelings and emotions, and we need more of them. And, yes. uh, you know, I think, Sean, last time you were on with me, you were talking about a friend of yours that actually um, was going through that same thing. Sean actually has a blog called I'd Rather Be Single for Now. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yes, I like I that. <laughs> right. So yes. she talks about a lot of her experiences, uh, uh, dating, and you know, um, you know the different relationships that she's uh, been involved with. So interesting stuff. I'd rather be single for now. We do have a caller that that has a question. 
um, Elizabeth. Um, let's go yep. to area code 909. What's your name and where you call from? Oh, yes, my name is Carol, and thank you for taking my call. This is uh, fascinating. I'm going through where there's a lot of changes coming into my life, and I'm having to pack up my house, and I'm kind of stuck. It's kind of like I feel a bit overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. What, how can I best overcome this or just take one little step at a time? Well, I sort of went through the same thing when I had my trio of, uh, of joy. Yeah which I laugh at now, but at the time it really wasn't very good. Um, right. And really the thing is when when problems occur, when you run into them, it, you're going to be upset. It's a natural reaction. We all have it. And the, mm-hmm. the thing is when you're upset, um, your ability to see solutions diminishes. Um, right. So okay. it's important to move from what I call negative thinking to helpful thinking. Okay. Um, because okay. problems will not make you think, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be fine, it'll be great. Mainly it's because you don't have the information to feel that you can deal with this, it'll be okay, you can handle it. And that's what I found. I didn't have the information I needed that I thought, oh, look, I've got the information, I know how to handle this problem, it'll be fine. And I think when you have the information, when you you know what to do, um, problems don't affect you as much negatively because you think, okay, this has gone wrong, but that's okay, things have gone wrong before, I know what to do. And I think that helps when you feel like you've got the information you need, and that's that's what I sort of accumulated when I wrote wrote the book. Um, one one um, one review called it the um, it's like the Reader's Digest of self help. So I just wanted yes. to get as much information I can about problem solving, um, and yes. there's a lot of other stuff in those self help books. But the problem solving was what I was having problems with. So if you can yes. sort of find the right information for what you need, um, problems okay. just don't seem as overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's like if, if just say um, your car breaks down um, here right. in Australia, we have a service. You know, if your car breaks down, you're not going to be all, oh, what's going to happen to me? You just call the here it's the NRMA and they come and fix it. So you yes. don't feel as distressed because yes. you know what to do. But it's when yes. you don't know what to do, you feel distressed and upset and negative, and that's what causes it. And so it's important right. to sort of figure out what information do I need to find this problem. And if you believe that you're going to solve it. And this may sound silly, but there were some problems where I had no idea how I was going to solve it. I really didn't, but I knew that I would find the information and solve it, and, and I did. Okay. And that's another important thing, to believe in yourself that you will get through, right. you will find what you need. It sort of comes to you, and, and this sounds a little bit wishy-washy, and I know Ron's written about this in his Being book. It's sort of the uh-huh. universe will bring to you what you what you want. You're right. And if you want Absolutely. to solve the problem... If your focus is on, I know I can solve this, I will look for information I need, I will get help, I will talk to people, the universe brings yeah. you the resources, which is what happened to me when I actually I formed this book. It wasn't even meant to be a book. The universe has uh-huh. brought me these authors and this information. So this is, is sort of see what I mean by that? I do. I absolutely do. I think I think sometimes instead of me just getting stuck and being overwhelmed, I... I need, to, as you said, I need to say I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know I'm going to do it, and then just start doing it because it's nobody else is going to swoop in. And, I mean, there will be people to help. Don't get me wrong, but I need to start doing it. And once I do, then I'll get momentum and go on. I, but yes. I absolutely agree with that. You have to change your perception and say I can do yes. this. I don't know how, but right now I'm going to focus on this corner, and everything else yes, is exactly. not important now. You know, yes. or this closet. So if- okay. Yeah, I love uh-huh. a phrase where I I found out that even if the only thing you can do for a problem is change your thinking, then work on that. 
So yeah. even with any problem, if if all you can do is change your thinking, you work on it. You are working toward the solution. Right, because absolutely. Because if you change your perception, then you allow the the solution to come through, as you said. Wow, that's great. Exactly. Very informative. Exactly wow. right. Exactly. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for the You too. See, that's the problem too. When we blame other people for the uh, or circumstances for our current situation, we we never really get down to the true problem. It's very easy, to, you know. The ego begs for us to uh, make life situations a little more palatable by pushing the blame onto other people. But as we do that, um, we never get down to truth. And, and if we don't get to truth, we'll never get to the uh, solve the problem. You know, if you don't realize you're sick, you'll, you'll never seek out a cure. Well, good actually, point. that was one of the. Um, so sorry, I, I said that's a good point. Very good point. Yeah. And, I was just going to say uh, that. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. You were. I hadn't finished it. Sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yep. No, I was just going to say that uh, one of the one of the tips is called uh, the own tip, and it really shocked me because I actually thought I was taking responsibility for my life and my problems. But when I realized what, and I read about what authors said about taking responsibility, I was absolutely shocked. Because now mm-hmm. when I have a problem, first thing I ask myself is, how did I create this problem? Mm-hmm. What decisions did I make? What choices in the past brought me to this problem? I don't even bother blaming anyone else. Even if someone else causes the problem, that's not where my focus is. I can figure out how did I get here by what I did and I always figure out from that how I got out. And that's the own tip in the book. And that actually, that tip really shocked me, but it stuck very quickly to me when I realized what it was about. I stopped blaming. I have stopped blaming so so easily. It doesn't even bother me if someone else causes the problem. I know I can solve it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's four tools that you talk about in the book. What are yes, the four the, tools? The, Yep. There's the defined tip. I sort of call them tips more than tools because they're not actually physical tools. Mm-hmm. Um, the fine tip is really important because it says to it, it asks you to see it as it is, not worse than it is. And often, you know, when you have a problem and you're negative, you sort of blow things out of proportion because of the negativity. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an important one. And then the, the, the own tip, which I just told you about, is where by actually owning the problem, you actually have the power to solve it. It's just like ownership of anything gives you power. Like, you know, you own 10 cars or 10 houses. You you have more power than someone that owns nothing. And it's the same with problems. And you may think owning a problem, you don't want to own a problem. But ironically, when you own it, when you say, hey, how did I get myself here? You can see how to get yourself out. And the next one is the truth tip. Now, that tip is um, it's a little bit more challenging because it actually asks you, what role do you play in this problem? And people, when some, especially if someone else causes it, they don't want to think they're part of it. They just mm-hmm. want it fixed to, 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 be, to dis- disappear. But if it's affecting you, then you're part of the problem. And that's great because if you're part of the problem, you can obviously be part of the solution. So the truth tip shows you how you are part of the problem. And my favorite actually is the balance tip. And um, I love this tip because it reminds me that I'm on a life journey and um, when I look at my problems in perspective to my life journey and that that journey is going to end one day, I saw, I definitely sought out the big and little problems. <laughs> so they're the sort of the four tips that sort of got me on the right track to sort of dealing with them a lot more effectively and not being so obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. Don't you believe that problems, though, at the same time create your destiny? In other words, if problems didn't happen, for instance, had everything not gone wrong for you, you never would have 
written this book. And it's sort of like everything comes full circle. And I believe, like the woman who just called in, and maybe she really doesn't want to move now, but you know what, maybe life is pushing her into another direction. And so sometimes instead of of fighting problems and being distressed, maybe you should take it that maybe life is just trying, or destiny is trying to move you in the correct direction. Yeah, move you along. Yeah, well, I agree with you totally. Problems are there to teach us a lesson. They're there to tell us something. Either it's wrong or we're not moving in the right direction. Or as you say, I'm sorry, I love your book, Being. Um, We're not not doing everything we can do to to be the perfect people we are. So sometimes problems push us towards to to be who we are, as you say, to be all that we're created to be. And and that's that's, that's a good thing about problems. Actually, there's one question that's in the book and people go, this is not going to help people. Take it out of the book. And it's whenever I have a problem, especially one that's really upsetting me, I ask, what's good about this problem? Mm-hmm. And you think, well, that's a stupid question. There's nothing <laughs> good about this problem. But it, there is. It's amazing. And looking back, I mean, losing my job was the best thing that ever happened to me. I would mm-hmm. be here talking to you. I like Some that. Past. <laughs> so really problems are sort of like, they're, they're helping us in a way. I mean, they don't leave us with great feelings, but the thing is, if you if you if you take notice of what they're trying to tell you, then you will grow and you will become a different person or the person you're meant to be, as opposed to avoiding them and shrinking. And I think that it's important to realize that they're they're like they're like anything else in their life. They're there for a purpose. And fortunately, you're always going to have them. <laughs> so don't worry, they're coming. <laughs> Yeah, very true, very true. You know, I look back and uh, when I had my business and uh, uh, I, I got to a point where I just couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, well, you know, it, yes. it, it's always been very lucrative. It afforded me a, a certain amount of freedom. Um, I, I really liked the relationship aspect of it, building relationships with my uh, clients or customers and uh, developing a, a team, which is almost like a family in that uh, microcosm mm-hmm. of the uh, business itself. But it got to the point where it kept trying to push me out. It got me out of my comfort zone. And it was pushing me towards who I really am, who I am was meant to be. And, and without exactly. that turmoil, exactly. without the betrayals that were involved, without the uh, economic issues that arose, I, I also I wouldn't be here today doing what I love to do. Exactly, exactly. They're important, even though they're annoying and you don't want to have them. But mm-hmm. they, 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 they drive <laughs> you sure. they drive you forward sometimes where you would just sit back and cruise. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you yeah. know, we have to have uh, – and, and I found in that time also that I was – I, I found myself kind of feeling like I was in a nothingness and wanting to look for different ways to make the time go by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't fit there anymore. It was time to – I have to say I've experienced the same thing because I've I've been a teaching tennis professional since I can remember. So I've I've never been without a job and I just recently lost my job. And I've even though I've held a job in the last few years I haven't been happy in what I've been doing. And and so now that I'm not with that job, it's like, yes, it's a problem. I'm not making any money at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, it has enabled me because now I have the time to work on what I truly wanted to do. Because there's nothing worse than, and I know there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people around the world doing this, but there's nothing worse 
than being in a job or in a relationship Mm -hmm. that you're not happy in. Going to work every day and not being happy. Going home to a husband or wife that you're not happy, you know, happy with anymore. And um, and we do that. We get stuck. And and so, like I said, you know, it, we get stuck and we don't want to solve the problem. And I I love your four points. And I mean, I think it's great. And and um, no, I I just I look forward to reading your book. Oh, thank you. All right, we're gonna have to take a, a quick break. We'll be back with more. Uh, Elizabeth. Yes, we need some single family. <laughs> right after these messages. Hold tight, everyone. The best way to predict the future is to create it. The Intuitive Life Coach takes a metaphysical approach to life coaching, identifying root issues, accessing key problems, and formulating a highly effective approach and resolution. Through proven coaching techniques, the Intuitive Life Coach will help you to move confidently in the direction of your dreams. Author, counselor, teacher, Ron Ash is the Intuitive Life Coach. Call 424-777-LAWS or connect online at theintuitivelifecoach.me. All Hallow's Eve Psychic Fair on Sunday, October 28th at the Crown Plaza Hotel, Warwick, Rhode Island. From 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., the event features Sherry Lord, International Channel, Sheila Marie, Forensic Psychic Medium, CBS Radio's Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, Ghost Tours, Psychic Readings, Group Readings, and more. All Hallow's Eve Psychic Fair, Sunday, October 28th at the Crown Plaza Hotel. Visit AllHallowsEvePsychicFair.com. Reach out and communicate with your loved ones on Earth and in spirit via Diane Gian Lorenzo. Join Diane Gian Lorenzo, spirit communicator for humans and animals, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern on the Bean Talk Radio Network. Accurate, therapeutic, healing. Call Diane Gian Lorenzo, Pet Psychic, at 386-308-1356 or visit dianegianlorenzo.com. Art Gutkin is a medical intuitive specializing in Akashic Record Meditation, Energy Healing, and other forms of relief. Through Art Gutkin's integrated regression healing technique, current illnesses that stem from childhood events and emotions are identified, permitting Art to assist in the resolution of the past and healing of the present. Open your eyes to a new outlook on life through Art Gutkin's gift, 888-506-5975 or medintuitive.com. Psychic medium Catherine Glass has a delightfully pleasing, empathetic approach that significantly contributes to her ability to advise, heal, and guide. Allow Catherine Glass to help you resolve life's issues through spirit communication, psychic intuitive readings, or reconnective healing. Be inspired by Catherine Glass Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern on the Being Talk Radio Network. Counselor, healer, teacher, Catherine Glass, psychic medium, 978-369-9228 or catherineglass.com. Westside Yoga is the premier yoga center committed to the integration of body, mind, and inner spirit. Whether you choose to participate in a single class for $10 or sign up for two weeks of unlimited classes for $35, Westside Yoga will help increase flexibility, alleviate stress, and improve memory and balance. Westside Yoga, 511 Broadway, Providence, Rhode Island. Visit westsideyogari.com or call 401-228-POSE. Westside Yoga, Yoga Yogana. Feel great. 
bridge the gap between earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multidimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the ascended masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings, or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. Do you have a special gift that you'd like to share with the world? Then consider broadcasting your message on BTRN. The Bean Talk Radio Network is local, national, and international broadcasting with powerful programs that enlighten minds and change lives. BTRN hosts are passionate about purpose, motivating listeners to confidently move forward in the direction of their dreams. To host a show on BTRN, call 401-640-GIFT. Become a part of the Bean Talk Radio Network today and contribute to positive change tomorrow. We are BTRN, the Bean Talk Radio Network. Experience the power of being. Join author and intuitive life counselor Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. For a complete list of our affiliate stations and showtimes, visit beingwithronash.com. That's Eric Peterson and his title, Rainbow. You can connect with Eric Peterson and all of our guests, past, present, and future, at beingwithronash.com. You are Being With Ron Ash, Elizabeth Hanley, and Sean Bianca. Today we're talking about Elizabeth's book, No Problem, How to Focus on Solutions. I love the way the book is set up because uh, not only is it uh, very well outlined, but it also has some great uh, uh, cartoons uh, images in there as well that uh, exemplify the uh, points that you're trying to make. How did you come to uh, this design of the internals of this book? Oh, basically, um, as I said, I, I just collected all my notes, and there were a lot, and I just tried to figure out how to group them. Mm-hmm. And once I grouped them into the, the tips, um, I, I basically tried... Uh, I love illustrations because, to me, they sort mm-hmm. of stick to my mind a lot better. Yeah. So I tried to find illustrations that illustrated the, the sort of important points in the tip because then you sort of tend to remember something that's got an illustration with it a lot easier than words. Mm-hmm. And, and there's also questions with the, uh, like a workbook uh, type of thing at the end of the uh, uh, chapters throughout the book to help you really uh, figure out what direction you're going in, what you need to work on. I didn't just want it to be a book on theory, like just information and advice. And so the first part of the book is about um, what, the, what the best advice is, and it's under the four tips. And the second part is actually you can actually it takes you through the four tips, and you can work through your problem in it. So you actually can physically start solving a problem. Mm-hmm. I didn't just want it to be reading, and then you think, well, now what? <laughs> Yeah. So after reading, and um, it's a very quick read. It's only about the first half's about uh, 90 pages. And then after that, there's a problem-solving guide, 
and you actually go through the tips with questions, and they're very powerful questions. They're questions you probably wouldn't normally ask yourself, mm-hmm. and which is um, what is something that um, I've discovered that I, I now ask myself very different questions when a problem comes along than I used to. I stop saying, "Oh, whose fault it is? Why is this happening to me?" Because mm-hmm. that never leads to solutions. More questions like, "Okay, so what can I do?" To, to, to fix this. I mean, this person's not going to help me, so what can I do? Or, you know, or, or um, what information do I need to find? And things like that. So the questions in the guide will help you work through the tips and, and hopefully help you see the problem differently. And through seeing things differently, we often find solutions. Yeah, That's a right. good point because I'm very visual. And so that would be perfect for me, writing down you know, answering questions, writing down exactly what's going on, and then seeing it on paper, and it sort I, I can see where that would be very helpful. And then you look at it, it's like, aha, this is what I need to do. So that's that's very good, very yeah, it helpful. Yeah, help, it helps yeah. to identify the problems. Here's, here's a question right here. What negative thoughts are making me unhappy about my problem? You know, negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions, these are things that are actually at the root of the creation of what we're experiencing because we create things in our lives and then later on we have to experience the uh, uh, fruition of those feelings and emotions that created that. We manifest things in our lives continually, whether it's what we want or what we don't want, but we have to live through the consequences of those thoughts, feelings, and emotions which created our experience. Yes, exactly, exactly. We don't often realize, I mean, because when we have a problem, uh, it's natural to be negative, Mm-hmm. Um, we can't help it. It's it's what we'll do. But we don't realize that the longer we stay in that negative frame of mind, the more mm-hmm. we manifest more negative things. So yeah. it is so important to move from that negative state to a helpful state. Even if you don't know how you're going to solve it, get yourself out of that and say, look, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hope this book will do for people. Get them out of that negative state of mind mm-hmm. so they can start manifesting positive things to come to them. Yeah, what am I grateful for in my life today? I love that because gratitude is really key. That's really the the, the uh, uh, base of our foundation for uh, uh, building our lives and getting away from those uh, problems that are plaguing us. You know, we have to concentrate on what is great right now rather than what is not exactly as we want it to be. Exactly. Yeah. When you when you're grateful. Um, and you realize how much you have to be grateful for, you put the problem more in perspective, and the negative effect of the problem tends to go down. And this helps you because it brings you towards more helpful thinking. And ironically, it brings you more towards how you can how you can solve the problem because you're changing your state of mind from being downtrodden, feeling like everything's not going your way, to looking at what you're grateful for, changing mm-hmm. your state into a more positive state, which brings more positive energy to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, heart. The soul is actually 5,000 more times more powerful than the mind. So it's it's one thing when you think something in your head, because you can kind of uh, change your, uh, your thought patterns rather quickly, but uh, the feelings that are associated with that, wow, that's really where the power is. That's really where we start pushing that energy in that direction. I often use the analogy of a uh, swimming pool. When we were kids, we used to have a little swimming pool like... Uh, we used to make whirlpools, so we would all stand in one direction and keep moving. And eventually that water would uh, move sure. in that same direction. And then sooner or later, that energy would be so powerful that we could just lay back and the energy would take us. 
Yes, that was I in your book. I read about that. <laughs> See, I that gave you a visual, Sean Bianca. Yes, yes, you did. Absolutely. And putting your, I think putting your heart and soul into something is your is truly what's needed, mm-hmm. and um, in anything, and um, in terms of career and in terms of relationships, and just giving absolutely everything that you have. And if you do things halfway, you come out with a halfway result. Mm-hmm. Or if you're moving in all different directions, picture yourself in that pool again with, say, you know, five of your closest friends, and uh, everybody decides, wait a second, I'm going to stand still, I'm going to go this way, I'm going to go counterclockwise, this one's going clockwise. What's going to happen? It's turmoil. You don't know where, you know, your energy's just unfocused. And this goes back to the book, you know, how to focus on solution. We need to focus on the solution, and we need to stay that course, don't we? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. That's correct. Okay, well, Elizabeth then. would know best. <laughs> You're the <laughs> problem solver. <laughs> Actually, I, I have to tell you something. When I was researching um, for, for the book, I, I found this quote, and I love it. It's uh, at the time, it really, really, I could, I could um, relate to it. And it said, "I'm not crazy about reality, but it's mm-hmm. still the only place to get a decent meal." And that was uh, Groucho Marx. <laughs> so I thought that was great. I mean, I thought, yeah. oh, my problems, are, you know, they, they, they may be here, but at least I can get a decent meal here as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So what, what would you like to leave our listeners with today, Elizabeth? Oh, well, basically, I mean, hopefully um, um, they will try at least to, to get the information they need or, or try to, to look look at things differently and this is the way to solution. Try to get out of that um, the initial like negative effect that problems have on you. Mm-hmm. And um, this this is the most powerful thing that that will push you forward and, and to solutions. And if they want to have a, a, a better look at the book, it's on Amazon, so they can have a look in there and see what it's all about. There's all some right. reviews on there, whatever, so they'll get a taste of the book there. But um, I really hope that people can do that because I really loved your book, and it is all about us. Um, being who we were created to be, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what 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 hopefully that people can move towards life to to get the sort of life that they want. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for the compliment on my book. That's and all right. The name of the book is No Problem. E. M. Hanley, Elizabeth Hanley, How to Focus on Solutions. Available at Amazon. You can connect with Elizabeth, uh, like you can connect with all of our guests, past, present, and future, at beingwithronash.com. Sean and I will be back right after the break. Hold tight. We'll see you in a few. Experience the power of being. Join author and intuitive life counselor Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. For a complete list of our affiliate stations and showtimes, visit beingwithronash.com.
Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Benchmark Property says, why pay your landlord's mortgage? Interest rates are low. Now's the time to buy. Benchmark Properties has the answers you've been looking for and knows the best way to sell in today's market. Whether you want to buy, sell, or explore alternatives to foreclosure, the Benchmark team of qualified professionals can help. Call 401-861-2777 for a free consultation and market analysis on your property. Visit Benchmark Properties online at benchmark-sells.com. Art Gutkin is a medical intuitive specializing in Akashic Record Meditation, Energy Healing, and other forms of relief. Through Art Gutkin's Integrated Regression Healing Technique, current illnesses that stem from childhood events and emotions are identified, permitting Art to assist in the resolution of the past and healing of the present. Open your eyes to a new outlook on life through Art Gutkin's gift, 888-506-5975 or medintuitive.com. Are you interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Capture the essence of the moment. Discover the possibilities for your future. The Tarot Life Coach uses an ancient form of counseling known as the Tarot to help you find the answers to life's many questions from an intuitive, spiritual perspective. Join psychic medium Tanya Melendez for the Tarot Life Coach Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern on the Being Talk Radio Network. Romance, career, finance. Find the answers at www.tarotlifecoach.com. Are you seeking guidance and clarity in your life? Internationally known psychic medium Sherry Hobson can guide you to a brighter future. Access your Akashic Records revealing soul patterns that will help enable you to change your life. Or connect to your angelic guidance, spirit guides, or those who have crossed over. Schedule your private session today at 760-521-2027 or at sherryhobson.com. The best way to predict the future is to create it. The Intuitive Life Coach takes a metaphysical approach to life coaching, identifying root issues, accessing key problems, and formulating a highly effective approach and resolution. Through proven coaching techniques, the Intuitive Life Coach will help you to move confidently in the direction of your dreams. Author, counselor, teacher, Ron Ash is the Intuitive Life Coach. Call 424-777-LAWS or connect online at theintuitivelifecoach.me. Westside Yoga is the premier yoga center committed to the integration of body, mind, and inner spirit. Whether you choose to participate in a single class for $10 or sign up for two weeks of unlimited classes for $35, Westside Yoga will help increase flexibility, alleviate stress, and improve memory and balance. 
Westside Yoga, 511 Broadway, Providence, Rhode Island. Visit westsideyogari.com or call 401-228-POSE. Westside Yoga, yoga na. Feel great. True knowledge evokes wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge in practice. Selective knowledge facilitates error. In spirit is truth. Darshini and Spirit will help you find the answers you seek. Darshini Sees. Internationally renowned clairvoyant and spiritual guide Darshini has a refreshingly honest and candid style that contributes greatly to her ability to counsel, heal, and guide. Motivational speaker, author, teacher. Experience Darshini and Spirit at 714-348-9994. Visit darshini-inspirit.com. Do you have a special gift that you'd like to share with the world? Then consider broadcasting your message on BTRN. The Bean Talk Radio Network is local, national, and international broadcasting with powerful programs that enlighten minds and change lives. BTRN hosts are passionate about purpose, motivating listeners to confidently move forward in the direction of their dreams. To host a show on BTRN, call 401-640-GIFT. Become a part of the Bean Talk Radio Network today and contribute to positive change tomorrow. We are BTRN, the Bean Talk Radio Network. Everything is about you from her album Narrow Gate. You can uh, connect with Stacy and all of our guests, past, present, and future at beingwithronash.com. That's beingwithronash.com. We are talking about no problems, how to focus on solutions. A fascinating topic and really applies to so many areas. In our lives, um, you know, I really love these questions, Sean, as I'm looking through more and more. What is good about my problem? How do you think that that apply to your relationship if you're, you know, you're really looking at it, right, as a lesson? Absolutely. No, I, I, I believe every problem has something that some good can come out of. Mm-hmm. And and that you can learn from, and I think that's a great way of looking at it. If you look at problems in a positive way, then it'll help you all the more to turn things around. Mm-hmm. So I love the way I love the way Elizabeth has has put things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll love this book. What can I learn from my problem? That's a, that's another uh, great thing to look into because they're all little lessons, and they all move us along. Exactly. You know, onto our path. Even sometimes we talk about things. Oh, that was just a, such a big waste of time. You know, I remember uh, being in that situation uh, years ago, and I went to go look at. Uh, I had a uh, uh, center, Creative Cultural Center, open, and it was uh, in an area that was uh, pretty noisy. You know, and I wanted some place a little uh, more quiet. So uh, one of the uh, members of the center said, "You know that they're uh, selling a." Um, 
what is it? A uh, Mace uh, Masonic Temple in the Situate mm-hmm. Village, which is a, like a quaint little quiet uh, uh, little village. People walk around and uh, stop in at different shops and things. So I went up there to go look at it and. Uh, um, saw that it, it was changed a lot, and I said, well, maybe it would be interesting to see what it originally looked like. So I walked across the street, and I talked to a couple of people, and they said, actually, they have a picture um, at the library in Situate right now on display. I guess uh, the owners of the photo are let, letting uh, them borrow it. And uh, I said, ah, well, let's take a, a ride over there, and we'll go check it out. And, and just like Elizabeth was saying about you know being... Uh, in front of these hundred or so self-help books, I found myself at a table um, with a bunch of the book sale was a dollar book. So you ever go to a dollar book sale? Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> I looked How down funny. at the ground and there was a box of metaphysical books. Oh wow! So my sister and I actually, you know, bent down and picked up a couple, and you know, we bought a few. And in the car on the way back, she's like, "Ronnie, you got to look at this book." This guy sounds just like you. It was an ascended master uh, named Kudumi, and uh, she's like, it's like reading you, the personality, the philosophy of life. And, you know, I picked up the book. I took it home. I couldn't put it down. I I was astounded. It was almost as if, well, it was. It was exactly that. I was being led to information that I needed to move on, and then all these different connections were made, and it's all part of of you know our our life has given us the tools that we need to move forward and, and you talk on your blog a lot about the you know the various relationships that you've experienced and there were all lessons in those too right oh exactly i think every every relationship you come out and uh i'll never forget i i read an article and jennifer aniston uh was asked whose fault her divorce with brad pitt was and she said that someone told her, even if it's 10% her fault, it, it always takes two. And it may be 90% the other person. It may be 10% the other person. But still, there was a good 10%. And and I believe in relationships, um, both people are definitely to fault. And, yes, there may be one more than the other. But I've learned so much and you know at the time like when Elizabeth was talking about how you know she lost her job and her boyfriend wasn't calling and you know what it obviously you know there was someone better out there and mm-hmm. and I think when so many men and women lose a relationship they are in the moment of oh I've lost this person and instead I think it's good to look at okay what did I do wrong? What can I do better in the next relationship? And if it was meant to be, you'd still be with that person. And um, and that's the way I kind of look at it. And I, because I know I know where I've you know what I've done wrong in different relationships, and um, and I know what I've done right. <laughs> and, uh, but I think you can definitely learn from from problems and and what you do wrong in life and turn it into a positive. Yeah, we, we, we learn different things uh, from the experience, he, he, the good experience as well as the bad experiences, you know, and, uh, you know, some some things, uh, you know, may not necessarily be true, but they're true for us. Like, for example, I, I had some issues with the relationship where the girl had a lot of very close friends, and I found myself constantly in the situation where I didn't even know if I was I was dealing with her or if I was dealing with all of her friends. <laughs> 
that's funny. I had a friend that used to do that. She she used to bring all of her girlfriends mm-hmm. on the date with her. Well, and as a guy, how, I would have rather had that. At least I would know where the information's coming from. <laughs> I would encourage oh, okay. that. But as a guy, I mean, you have to think, okay, can I be with this girl at least once, you know, once or twice alone? And, um, I mean, that has to be difficult. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I would say that relationship didn't last, correct? Yeah. My issue was more or less that, you know, she wasn't using her heart, using her mind. You know, I I, I was getting information. Oh, she was making decisions based on what her girlfriends were saying, but they did not have the whole story. They only had bits and pieces. Ah. And okay. they were giving yes. advice based on their experiences. And everybody's experiences in different circumstances are different. You're absolutely right. And you know what? So many times women do that where they only tell part of the story. Mm-hmm. They only tell the part of the story that they want their girlfriends to hear. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I know. I, I've, at times, I've done it myself. And my mother, you know, when I was younger, she would hear me on the phone and she'd say, now, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You left out this part. <laughs> You're not giving her exactly. And, and I mean, I'm sure guys at the same time do the same thing because we want to paint ourselves better than we are, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, that we are not the problem, possibly. Mm-hmm. And uh, you always have to you have to tell the whole kit and caboodle. And, uh, and, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people, you know, Elizabeth, when she mentioned owning it, Mm-hmm. You need to own it, and and you need to own it in relationships. You need to own what you did wrong in mm-hmm. order to move forward. And forgive ourselves for it. You know, we have to forgive ourselves for it. And it applies to, to uh, so many other things, uh, not just relationships. And I wrote about this in my first book, uh, that many times we tell other people in our lives, you know, just our side of the story, or we paint a very poor picture of the individual that may be our our partner in romance, finance, or uh, business, or what have you, and they are basing their advice on those half-truths or lies. So guess what? When we find ourselves in that situation, we always get the wrong advice, and we will will continue on that wrong path. You know, we really have to uh, build our house on a rock as opposed to sand, and when we do that, we start to believe uh, those falsities and the people around us give us advice based on those falsities. And when you get false information, you make false decisions and you create a larger problem. Absolutely. Um, there And there's no way to fix it. I mean, unless you're willing to own it and take responsibility, you can't fix the problem. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. In anything, in, in business, in friendships, in family relationships, and in relationships. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're, but at the same time, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. We're not perfect, and we do need to not be so hard on ourselves as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And bury ourselves because you know we we did we know we did something wrong in in terms of business or a relationship because you know burying ourselves isn't going to cause productivity. Mm-mm. No, we need to. Uh... Forgive ourselves, learn from it, and move on. Very important. Absolutely, and um, I mean, I know, I know for myself, I, I kind of, you know, I. It was funny because Elizabeth said we can't just, you know, live like in the past and blame mm-hmm. other people. 
and um, I'm, I'm divorced, and um, I did, you know, it's not, I, I guess I blamed my ex-husband for the mm-hmm. fact that I I married him because yeah. he portrayed himself to be this, you know, near-perfect guy and this guy that I wanted, mm-hmm. and when push came to shove after I married him, he wasn't the person I thought he was, and yeah. you know what? I knew that a month before I married him and still made the choice. <laughs> it did make it different. So I had to, so I right. have to own it. <laughs> yeah. Sean Bianca, I'd rather be single for now. You've been being with Ron Ash on the Being Talk Radio Network. We'll see you all on the radio real soon. And as always, you can learn about all of our guests, past, present, and future, at beingwithronash.com. gift that you'd like to share with the world? Then consider broadcasting your message on BTRN. The Bean Talk Radio Network is local, national, and international broadcasting with powerful programs that enlighten minds and change lives. BTRN hosts are passionate about purpose, motivating listeners to confidently move forward in the direction of their dreams. To host a show on BTRN, call 401-640-GIFT. Become a part of the Bean Talk Radio Network today and contribute to positive change tomorrow. We are BTRN, the Bean Talk Radio Network. The best way to predict the future is to create it. The Intuitive Life Coach takes a metaphysical approach to life coaching, identifying root issues, accessing key problems, and formulating a highly effective approach and resolution. Through proven coaching techniques, the Intuitive Life Coach will help you to move confidently in the direction of your dreams. Author, counselor, teacher, Ron Ash is the Intuitive Life Coach. Call 424-777-LAWS or connect online at theintuitivelifecoach.me. Psychic medium Catherine Glass has a delightfully pleasing, empathetic approach that significantly contributes to her ability to advise, heal, and guide. Allow Catherine Glass to help you resolve life's issues through spirit communication, psychic intuitive readings, or reconnective healing. Be inspired by Catherine Glass Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern on the Being Talk Radio Network. Counselor, healer, teacher, Catherine Glass. Psychic Medium, 978-369-9228 or catherineglass.com. Bridge the gap between Earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multi-dimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the Ascended Masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings, or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. Reach out and communicate with your loved ones on Earth and in spirit via Diane Gian Lorenzo. Join Diane Gian Lorenzo, spirit communicator for humans and animals, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern on the Bean Talk Radio Network. Accurate, therapeutic, healing. 
Call Diane Gian Lorenzo, Pet Psychic, at 386-308-1356 or visit dianegianlorenzo.com. Capture the essence of the moment. Discover the possibilities for your future. The Tarot Life Coach uses an ancient form of counseling known as the Tarot to help you find the answers to life's many questions from an intuitive, spiritual perspective. Join psychic medium Tanya Melendez for the Tarot Life Coach, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern on the Being Talk Radio Network. Romance, career, finance. Find the answers at www.tarotlifecoach.com. Are you seeking guidance and clarity in your life? Internationally known psychic medium Sherry Hobson can guide you to a brighter future. Access your Akashic Records revealing soul patterns that will help enable you to change your life or connect to your angelic guidance, spirit guides, or those who have crossed over. Schedule your private session today at 760-521-2027 or at SherryHobson.com. True knowledge evokes wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge in practice. Selective knowledge facilitates error. In spirit is truth. Darshini and Spirit will help you find the answers you seek. Darshini Sees. Internationally renowned clairvoyant and spiritual guide Darshini has a refreshingly honest and candid style that contributes greatly to her ability to counsel, heal, and guide. Motivational speaker, author, teacher. Experience Darshini and Spirit at 714-348-9994. Visit darshini-inspirit.com. Experience the power of being. Join author and intuitive life counselor Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. For a complete list of our affiliate stations and showtimes, visit beingwithronash.com. You're listening to Spreaker Web Radio. Of the coming of the Lord, He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. Neither the United States of America nor the world community of nations can tolerate deliberate deception and offensive threat on the part of any nation. I will make you understand. Hey everybody, I'm Tony Jones, and welcome to the Tony Jones Show. Uh, this is not enough. People are willing to take the risk. It's, it's sort of a, uh, a herd mentality, a lemming-like mentality. If you don't go with the flow, you're anti-American and therefore a suspect. The Tony Jones Show, featuring punk, rockabilly, psychobilly, and Providence, Rhode Island's finest, starts right now. He's a dangerous militia member, I hear. Oh, and there she blows.
Time for mediocrity and broadcasting is over. My name is Tony Jones, and you are listening to The Tony Jones Show, your destination for talk and rock. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. George Garner. George, good evening. Good evening, as always. What's uh, new and exciting with you this week? Anything? Uh, I've basically just been uh, decompressing after the uh, mediocrity of the uh, political campaign. You've been uh, hibernating? Uh, recovering. <laughs> He's in he's in political recovery. <laughs> best word to best way to put it. <laughs> Which is what we're gonna talk a little bit about tonight. But I don't wanna talk too much about the post mortem. I do want to touch on it a little bit, but it is a little bit like beating a dead horse at this point. And uh well emotions are running high all over the place. And uh it's a it's an interesting time. Very interesting time. I just want to mention real quick before we get to that and to our in studio guest, Mr. Todd Giroux. I just want to mention real quick, if you're catching the live show, this Saturday at Firehouse 13, uh, Big Wounded Warrior Benefit, Those Alone, The McGunks, King Sickabilly One Man Band, a band that you've heard on this very program, and a fantastic band called Tony Jones and the Cretan Three. And uh, that's all to benefit Wounded Warrior Project that's happening this Saturday at Firehouse 13, one of our fantastic watering holes in Providence. Homes away from home. It is our home away from home, Firehouse 13, or FH13.com is their website for more information on that show. And I just have to shoot them a big, big, uh, big shout out, a big thank you to Firehouse 13, because it is very difficult to find a venue that will let us keep 100% of the profits and give it to our charity, you know. Most That's impressive. Yeah, most places, they, you know, they want you to pay for their door guy and their sound guy and their bartender and then maybe if there's a little bit left, you know, here you go, you can give this to your charity. But with Firehouse 13, uh, all the money that comes to the door goes straight to our charity. They don't take a cut. We don't take a cut. All the bands are playing for free. Um, 
and there's not I can't think of very many venues that will let you do that so um, support Firehouse 13 and then real quick um, this week I launched a new website it's called anarchoradio.com it's not quite there yet but I'm working on it it's it's like this show times a whole station of content 24-7 so check out anarchoradio.com and uh, there'll be much more to come on that in other words Tony Jones has undertaken another major project <laughs> Uh, I have. How many is this? Uh, countless. There's countless projects everywhere. But with political season being over, you know, the schedule has eased up a little bit. But, um, you know, after the election, I am more excited about the stuff we're doing with independent media and alternative media and alternative press because uh, I think it is something that needs to be done. And, well, all of the gentlemen in this very room are uh, are getting that done. Todd Giroux is our guest in studio talking, we're going to talk about everything, but tell us a little bit about the show you have on an alternative media outlet, which is 990WBOB.com. Uh, good evening, Tony and George. Thanks for having me here. Uh, I do a show on GX, uh, called GX Radioactive on uh, you know WBOB, great internet radio, and uh, thankfully the uh, FCC and the government hasn't gotten their hands too far <laughs> yet into internet radio, but people are choosing what they listen to more and more. Um, I do an NPR-style uh, show, <clears throat> and uh, it continues uh, my efforts for, you know, yours and I life, what we call Main Street. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fighting the fight for people of Main Street. I talk about it, and I'm trying to work between the Republican and Democrat Party and, and all the independents out there, and I'm, I'm, I've got my ear to the ground. I listen I hear people's frustrations with the courts. I've got friends that are have issues getting beat up for the cops and foreclosures, and uh, <clears throat> so you know we've got our hands in a lot of issues, and we hope to um, really just understand it and lead it and change and make life better for people in the future. So what? Do you, oh, and I just want to mention that if you are catching the live program, you can go to Facebook.com slash Tony Jones show and chime in there if you have any questions or comments or feedback. What do you guys, maybe George, you could chime in on this too. What do you think about the elections and the fact that in Rhode Island specifically, uh, nothing has changed and on the state level, definitely nothing has changed? Well, yeah, I mean, when you can start at the state level and then, actually, I think the final total for the political season was $6 billion spent you know, from the presidential race all the way down to the local elections. So we basically spent $6 billion and ended up with the same cast of characters. <laughs> um, what I find encouraging, maybe, maybe because I'm so relieved that the whole process is over for another little while. A little, that, just a little while. Just a little while. Races. Right. But I am looking on the bright side, I guess, in this political decompression uh, mood. Um, I noticed our friend Mr. Vogel, who's appeared on this program, had attained six uh, percent of the vote. He did very well. He's got six percent uh, of the vote and he, spent ninety-seven dollars. No, I think he. I think he told us the last time he was stopped by that he he broke a hundred. Oh yeah, with if you include if you include gas, gas <laughs> exactly. And um, yeah, I noticed that um, some of our other libertarian candidates, um, you know, it, it, the numbers weren't huge by you know Democrat and Republican standards, but. The numbers are significant in the sense, if you really stop and think about how many people heard, the, like, for example, I think uh, Vogel, how many actual votes did he get? Was it 
about 10,000, I about want to say. 10,000. And then okay. Abel Collins broke about 20,000 20, in, in CD2. So. Yeah, and, and that's significant. That was 6% in that race also. Yeah, so the percentage is low, but those numbers are significant. That means that a combined total of 20, 28, 30,000 citizens, you know, have heard, you know, the independent if, message. If you think, uh, I think, I think in general, I feel like the numbers are up in general. In past elections, I think the independents were scoring a bit lower, uh -huh. and I think the trend is that people are, uh, you know, listening and, and really making choices, just like they are with internet radio, and. Uh, you know, so that's the message we've got to keep alive. Yeah, because they finally started to resist that um, propaganda by the Democrats and Republicans that a vote for an independent takes a vote away from, you know, choose your party. Right. I mean, that, that to me is like the big propaganda. That's the big rhetoric of the major parties. Or they still believe that and they're just so disgusted that they don't care. They don't care anymore, they, and they'll, which is another positive sign. Wasted vote syndrome. As they much as, um, you know, as much as we want to look to the future and have uh, legislation that isn't, you know, really pushed by big money uh, interests, more towards Main Street interests. Um, you know, as we do that, uh, you know, that's what's going to really turn this turn the tide over. Yeah. And, and we've, we've talked about it before with you, Todd, and with other independent candidates or just uh, third-party candidates, is that if something like that were to happen, Rhode Island would be a place that it is most conducive because you can – cover a lot of the ground. You can get 10,000 votes on $100, which is... My challenge yeah. now is is, not, is to focus on that long stride, but we have to work with the people that are elected right now. We can't waste any time. I think uh, it's a shame Dan Gordon couldn't make it here today because he's most familiar with how to get new legislation passed through the House mm -hmm. um, and work with you know people that have been elected. Right. And, uh, you know, my... It's a challenge to them. Yeah, my you know I don't my political terminology isn't maybe up to par, but I, it seems to me we're talking about uh, if we have thirty thousand citizens who supported the independence in the state of Rhode Island, uh, that's a pretty good sized lobby group for a state this big. Um, you know, it's, the the trick is to get that thirty thousand dissatisfied block of voters to agree on maybe a couple of things in common, yep. so that. Yeah, you know, these so that the mainstream politicians can be successfully lobbied. Tony has done a great job, uh, you know, being connected to the to the city and the the band scene, and it just it brings an energy. And I, I think Tony, you 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 really a remarkable guy for, you know, having the endurance to do this. Uh, that's the kind of energy that this ground game is going to need. Right, and we will need, you know, and we will also need, like I say, to agree on a couple of topics of paramount. That's right. How to, tie, how to tie it together? How to bring these people together in, in groups and, and really make something happen? There. Right. And when we go to and when we go to the elected rep, major representatives, you know, rather than just you know complain, we need to have okay. We would like you to concentrate. Or like we would like you to focus your attention on this, this, and this. A, a small number of definite objectives. I think we shouldn't underestimate Occupy. Um, I think there's a lot of groups out there that are interested in doing foreclosure work, whether it's the first Unitarian Church in Providence with the Take Back Homes program or, or D.A.R.E. up on the south side, um, you know, understanding that these homes have been sold. You know, they can't be sold in the public marketplace, and yet behind the scenes they're sold two and three times in mm -hmm. one day once the banks get their hands on them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of these folks can afford their homes. I talk about a refinance plan for Main Street. 
and the Green Jobs WPA. And, now, and today being Veterans Day, we've got every more reason to realize that these people were trained by the military. They're great citizen leaders, and you know they can work with the civilian population here mm-hmm. on the jobs training and to be put together in work modules where we can respond. You know, just right now, 150 miles away, there are people without electricity talking how this is uh, like Armageddon conditions. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we've got to have a strong uh, ground game and connect civilians. And that's the most direct way to influence our local leaders that have just been elected. Right. 16 minutes past the hour right here on the Tony Jones Show. We have so much to get to, but before that, we're going to play some rock and roll. Here are the Ramones. This track is called, well, it's a very fitting title. It's called I'm Affected right here on the Tony Jones Show.
We're cracking skulls right here on the Tony Jones Show, George. <laughs> who, uh, we're straining the gray matter inside our skulls. <laughs> who uh, Who was the name of the artist we just heard? Please. Uh, uh, that would that be the uh, CD case we handed me? Yes. Uh, that would be Sans Nomenclature. Right here on the Tony Jones Show. Before that, we heard from the Ramones. I'm affected. It is, and I never thought I'd see the day, and it is crazy. We were just talking while we were enjoying the rock and roll music here in the studio that uh, it seems kind of confirmed that Louisiana has is collecting, they're petitioning, they're collecting signatures, uh, and they would like to secede from the United States of America, which is just, I don't know, I, that racks my brain, it startles me, and I can't believe I'm seeing something like that in my lifetime. Now, when you say you know, they're collecting petitions, is it you know is it like one you know website and ten petitioners? Yeah, it's hard or, to tell because the size of it would be significant. I, I mean, read, I read an article right before the show, and it, it seemed like it had actually been submitted. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it seems now is that they have about ten thousand signatures, and it seems to be something that is going to go to their state legislature, legislature, and they would like to secede. You know, the unsettling thing isn't that it's going to happen because it's not. The unsettling thing is that 10,000 citizens of a given state would, you know, I mean, we all, you know, complain, okay, the president did this, uh, we don't like that or whatever. But, yeah, but, but 10,000 citizens taking it to the point where it's actually submitted, I mean, that shows some serious, serious, serious discontent. Yeah. Well, if you call it chatter, I mean, gosh, folks are talking about Texas for years to see right. Uh, this move with Louisiana um, is this chatter for you know states' rights all over the the internet. It's out there. Yeah, well, say, but it's not only chatter. It seems like I say, it seems like people, you know, these days it's a more deep seated discontent or disaffectation, if if I can uh, pronounce that word. You know, it seems you know with the United States, you know, with the policy. In other words, than than they used to be. I mean, okay. you know, it used to be people. At least in you know regular day to day life, you know you know people say ah you know they would complain, or you know they would bad mouth and things like that, but but beyond but not beyond a certain point, not beyond a certain level. You know now it seems like, I mean they're not they mean it. I found a posting a short while ago. It's on my Facebook page, and it was of the the states that allowed slavery 150 years ago, and you know all those red states were. Uh, they voted for Romney this election. Uh -huh. I mean, it's it's the transparency of three different things, from the slavery to uh, civil war and things like this. And uh, it's just amazing. It's the, same, the states that voted for Obama were were you know abolished slavery first, uh -huh. and the states that voted for Romney, you know, it's it's the same layover map. Well, I'll tell you. Well, yeah, so I've noticed. It's, it's frightening to think how much discrimination really is. Yeah. Well, having Under, underlying, you know, and no, you're, how, yeah. how much things haven't changed. I mean, hundreds of years have passed, and we're still. Well, it, it, that's the thing, Tony. It's not really hundreds. Um, if you look, let's see, the uh, the Civil War took place in let's see, the 1860s. Yeah. Uh, it's only 2012 going on 13. I mean, years. 150 years. Yeah. That's not long at all. Yeah, I guess maybe in um, the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's not. I mean, so and. I don't think the uh, effects of the Civil War or the circumstances that caused the Civil War, I don't think they've ever been directly dealt with, you know, since that time. Uh, you know, I don't think I don't think we've, this country as a country has ever addressed racism head on. I don't think they've ever addressed a lot of the other underlying issues that caused the Civil War head on either. 
It's always, it's kind of been like swept aside, spoken of in euphemisms, swept under the rug. I mean, we saw it when uh, President Obama was running for office. Um, you know, said so all the euphemisms. Oh yeah. You know that you know people are bending over backwards to come up with euphemisms. You know why you didn't want to vote for him because he's black. Oh well, he doesn't have enough experience. He doesn't. You know this, that, and the other thing. Or uh, you know Romney. Uh, let's see. You know we don't want to uh, vote for him. Be, you know we could say okay. You know he's a Mormon. We we don't want to say that. You know he's not. It's not because he's a Mormon. It's because he's this, 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 and this. I mean you know people. This we've been using euphemisms for 150 years. Well, thank God that, you know, I'm, I'm personally glad Obama won, and I'm glad the United States is, you know, pushing towards, you know, more civil liberties for everybody. And, you know, we see, I'm glad I'm part of a community that supports that, um, you know, and so much of the nation just demonstrated that again, that those hard, you know, left principles of discrimination and lack of, you know, trying to put people out and away from opportunity, that there's an equal reaction and that's... Uh, you know, communities are bound together. We realize we all have to work together, and, well, and we have the opportunity to do that. Well, some of us realize that. Um, what disturbs me is, you know, and like I say, I, I don't care about political. You know, I, I'm a Republican who voted for Obama. I mean, fine, but um, what I'm, I'm saying is that the people who are determined to not be content, to not leave the past behind. Oh sure, uh, we, a we, lot, probably, we probably need a strong education point in in those states specifically. Well, they're a lot, they're a lot, yeah, they're a lot more organized. They're, they're a lot, lot more, more passionate. They're a lot more. That's, that Tony's hit it right on the head. Well, got, those we, people are a lot more passionate than the people who just want to get along. To remind a younger generation uh, exactly why we're moving towards a, a more progressive uh, country as a whole, because we have to. We can't. We can't. You think we are, though? That's my question. Well, you know, if the Republicans were handed, you know, handed, you know, served in this election, as you say, uh, you know, it clearly demonstrates that those hard left principles uh, aren't accepted. Mm -hmm. They didn't win. They hard can, they hard left, hold, hard left. Excuse me. Hard left or hard right? Um, I'm, uh, when you say hard left principles, hard right. Oh, I, I apologize. Yeah, the hard Republican, hard right principles. Well, it was yeah, it was a. But the interesting thing is, you, you know, you just made I, you know, I'll joke, I'll say a Freudian slip, but the, it's interesting that you know, to me, the hard right and the hard left are often they could be interchangeable. Oh, it is a so circles right, right back a, around yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, intolerance on both sides, Good and it meets point. in a circle. Well, I, it just talk. Think you know, when you talk in these terms, it reminds me that we probably need stronger education in those areas to remind people how we've conquered women's rights. You know, we've conquered we, slavery. We've conquered women's rights. So. Well, well, I mean, you know. Watch, watch, watch out. That's the kind of statement that could ban you from politics for the rest of your life. They couldn't vote. They couldn't vote 100 years ago. No, I'm just joking saying what's your wording. You appreciate yeah. that. Appreciate that. So is my favorite question that all the pundits are talking about, and I've been asked to weigh in on it, and I could really care either way, and that is in the election post-mortem, is the Republican Party dying on the vine? And that seems to be the popular opinion that we could see in our lifetime or in the next election cycles, this major party go the way of the photo. Well, well, I say good riddance to it because um, I'm a registered Republican, but this is not the Republican Party that I considered myself a part of, and it's not the kind of Republican uh, principles I support. So if it wants to go along the ways that it's going, then good riddance to it. You know, we'll replace it with something else. We'll replace it with the libertarians. We'll replace it with, you know, an, we, we'll replace with an alternative. 
I think Republicans would be just fine if they could be just a bit more moderate and and not be so uh, true. I agree, hundred percent. You know, so offensive to the, the sitting president. I mean, outright, uh, you know, doing everything he could to stand in his way. I agree. That's that's what that's what I mean when I say you know these are not the this is not the Republican Party that I support. And though they're they're the you know they're becoming more radical and immoderate. Instead, not, what we got was you know just a standoff battle where it caused the bond rating of the United States to be compromised. And uh, you know the only the only one that wins that day it continues to be the banks. Yeah, and Standard and Poor because they made a grandstanding stunt uh, happen that the world took notice of. Right. And the thing is too, which is scary. Well, not scary, but kind of scary is that it seems that the the old guard of the Republican Party, the more hardcore types, they don't feel that they lost because they need to become more moderate. They feel that they lost because they need to become more conservative. Yeah, they were criticizing their candidate for not <laughs> being conservative how? enough. How can you think that? Yeah, I don't know how you could have made that idiot Ryan more conservative. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and even Romney, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't I don't see how you could have made them more conservative. Although it would have been cool to have Bat Boy as a vice president. <laughs> well, like I say, on, on my show, um, I nominated Vladimir Putin for uh, president of the United States. Uh, that's more conservative. Um, you know, maybe that's what they're looking for. The Republicans, he could launch a right in the Republicans. There you go. go for that. Let's get to some music, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about a few more things because I want to talk about education, and uh, well, I want to bring it back down to the state level too. So we still have a lot to talk about, but unfortunately, the show is half over. But Here's a song by the Cramps. It's uh, it's good advice for anybody, whether they're Republican or Democrat or Green or a Libertarian. This song is called "Don't Eat Stuff Off the Sidewalk." You heard it here, right on the Tony Jones Show. No matter how good 
Lords of the Highway, right here on the Tony Jones Show. Before that, we heard from the Cramps. Good advice for everybody. Don't eat stuff off the sidewalk. And um, just want to mention real quick, Lords of the Highway um, contacted me, and they sent me their CD, and now they're being played on this very show. And I haven't mentioned it in a few weeks' time, but we're actually going to do all local music next week. We're going to do our duty next week, so... Um, if you're in a local band, TonyJones.org, or um, you can email me, TonyJones at CBGB.net. Um, and that's the best way to get a hold of me, to get me your stuff. If you want to be here on the, a on the AM dial, on the over-the-air radio, it's better for you to send me a physical CD. For the Internet stuff, uh, an MP3 is fine, and that's to TonyJones at CBGB.net. Yes, I am holding out there with the CBGB.net email address, George. Impressive. Oh, Nostalgia has its grip on you. <laughs> and I'm always afraid, you know, because it's CBGB has been closed down for so long, and I think someone else owns the, the, the rights, and I'm, I'm always afraid that I'm going to go to log into that email address, and it's just going to be gone, you know. It's just not going to exist anymore because... Well, Disney will probably buy it at some point. They've, they've bought everything else. <laughs> it is almost like having an AOL address or a Hotmail address or something, you know. Yeah, and uh, mentioned... Uh, any potential bands that might be sending us uh, their CDs or communicating with you in some other way, um, try to put a little work into those CDs because a lot of times, like Tony said in the past, um, you come up with some great songs, you come up with some great packaging, but then uh, you skimp on the recording process and the a little CD oomph. Yeah, and you know, I mean, we don't want to have your CD here and then find out that it's unplayable because of uh, sound quality. And, uh, you know, something that we have always used, and I think a lot of bands have used, and it always seems to work, is the car stereo trick. And that is, when you're done recording, when you think you're done, bring it out to your car stereo, you play a track that you like, whoever it is, you know, one of your favorite songs, one of the songs that gets you playing the drums on the steering wheel, you know. You play that, and then right after that, you play your recording, and you see if they stack up. Or better yet, just... Um you know, mix it in randomly with several other songs. Yeah, I, I never and let and, that. That, and let it play. That'll tell you if you're yeah. ready. So, 40 minutes past the hour right here on the Tony Jones Show. Todd Drew is in studio with me, my co-host, Mr. George Garner. You guys both know me personally, and you probably know that I'm pretty excited. It's something that I've been advocating for a long time, and that is the legalization of marijuana. Uh, yes, you have. <laughs> two states have made it legal, Colorado and Washington, which is a huge step. And it's exciting to see going forward what's going to happen with this whole movement. Because there's, I mean, there's been people working on this since it's been illegal. Yeah, is this why your girlfriend tells me that there is now luggage packed in your uh, <laughs> the front hall of your apartment? Why is Craigslist Colorado up on your screen? Because <laughs> I don't think I'd want to go to Washington, but... Well, I don't think I'd like either of those states, to tell you the truth. Okay, so we'll just have to continue lobbying around here. And now anybody listening from Colorado or Washington, please don't send me hate mail. But Well, I mean, there's a lot of industrial uses for hemp. There's uh, recreation that, you know, people that are sick with cancer. And uh, there's just so many reasons to support uh, legalization. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. Kidding aside, there's no reason to keep it illegal, basically. I mean, there really isn't. And there's, you know, a big issue is that, if now, if the feds are going to crack down, or what's going to happen next? And I mean, at least, at least we're getting to that point. You know, at least it's been. We can acknowledge that <clears throat> there, are, there are products. Uh, you know, the the cotton industry was the major uh, influence of hemp being banned. 
because the plantation owners who, who wanted to promote the use of cotton and, uh, you know, versus the industrial use of hemp. And so, you know, our laws have been really skewed over, over the years. Uh, you know, for many products, it happens every day. It's easier to introduce a product. I've met, I've, I've, uh, one client who's a medical uh, inventor, and it's much easier to have uh, a product released in Europe than it is in the United States. I didn't know that. that that's an interesting point. Uh, yeah, so, uh, hemp is like a superfood. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's crazy, right. and it was just and it was just a rivalry between two competing industries, hemp and cotton. Right. And, it. and so with hemp, um, you can buy it here. You just can't grow it here. So there are people buying hemp milk and you know whatever it may be, hemp food and. Right. Think about the issue regarding energy and Tesla, and uh, you know the suppression of technology that uh, you know it really privatized and it was a. Is a uh, let's tell our, let's tell our listeners that Tesla is an all electric. Auto independent auto yeah, he's, company. He's not talking about the heavy metal band from the 80s. <laughs> I'm talking about the inventor himself, who uh, you know we had ways of distributing electricity, uh, w- you know, without um, it all having to be sold to every individual on the planet. And mm-hmm. you know, the next it'll be oxygen, and it's it's water now. It's becoming water. Oh, we're going to fight wars over water. And uh, you know, so <clears throat> that's what that's what happens with these industri- industrials, and we have to realize that uh, Main Street. We're the last, uh, you know, we're the last stand. I forget which country it is down in uh, South America. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't, I don't, can't remember which one it is. But the privatization of water down there became such an issue and such a burden on the local community. It, it, it created almost a civil war, and I'm the sure. and the people won. And that's that's the ground game that we talk about is is we have to be united behind these very basic issues. That affects the cost and ability for us to afford to live daily. Well, as far as this whole issue of um, you know hemp being illegal, marijuana being illegal, wasn't that more of a, wasn't it? As I think we've talked about this before on the show from time to time, that it was more of an issue, a law enforcement issue, whereas they um, did away with prohibition and they needed to keep something else or make something else illegal to keep all those cops on the payroll and that big law enforcement bureaucracy rolling along. I mean, this, you know. I think I don't is is that where we are right now? Is that why um these you know, substances are still illegal? Well there'll be a lot of a lot of those things working together. You know, you have that bureaucracy, then you have the industry that that wants to keep it away and right. it all comes together and there's people in the street yelling, What about the children? and Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess that's true. When you say what is the cause of, that's the wrong question because there's always gonna be many causes. Multiple causes. Multiple causes. But getting back to Tesla and without getting into all the conspiracy theories, wasn't that the same deal kind of with DeLorean, the development of that car where parts would be a lot cheaper. I can't I can't recall. I know he took a lot of I know DeLorean took a lot of grief, but you know, there was some question about whether he, you know, screwed the company up himself or whether it was outside forces. Well, any, new or auto, both. any new automobile, wasn't it wasn't there an automobile Tucker? Yeah, the Tucker, yeah, they yeah. That was another uh, you know, ground up uh startup that was, you know, really squished by the entire industry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, lives get threatened. This big business, and, and what's happening with banking, I mean, I used to rent my house as a, you know, sort of vacation rental thing, and I had folks that were Wall Street investors. In my own home, I've had the conversation, the, the heavy conversations about bank, banking. And, you know, they'll be quick to say, in my home, own home, one of these guys says to me, uh, well, you know, <clears throat> we'll have a bomb thrown at us if we don't... Uh, you know, if we don't reciprocate and 
<laughs> uh, right, so they, they go right to the threat game. And we see with countries like Iceland, how when people unite, um, you know, they put their the criminal bankers in jail. Mm -hmm. And the foreclosures were ended in Iceland. And we don't have to do, you know, debt forgiveness. We don't have to do handouts. You know, I talk about a refinance plan for Main Street that's accountability and not handouts. People need a chance to succeed. Yeah, well, it's like we were saying earlier that um, the opposition is too fragmented. You know, the... You know, let's say the banks, you know, they have unity of purpose. You know, the opposition is fragmented. It's the same thing that happened. We just talked about the bond rating of the United States. Okay, what is default trigger? Default always triggers, you know, a, a, you know, layers and layers of of notice of this and demand and you know, demand for payment. And uh, some folks say the United States has been in bankruptcy since the 1930s. Yeah. You know, and but. So the last thing we need is to have our bond rating, and you know, suffer and trigger uh, a whole cascading legal event that where the banks, you know. Yeah. Well, I think well, I think well, that bond, that whole bond rating thing, not to get too far afield, but I think that whole Standard and Poor's thing was more of a stunt. It was a grandstanding stunt by Standard and Poor's because you know to try to reclaim their sense of importance and their image of importance. Because don't forget that Standard & Poor's was the same rating agency that rated all these toxic mortgages and uh, worthless mortgages, AAA. And, uh, and they, would be, they were taking a lot of heat and a lot of grief from a lot of quarters over, you know, basically they lied. I mean, basically they said that worthless mortgages, uh, you know, mortgages default-worthy were AAA. And uh, that was one of the big reasons that precipitated the financial crash in uh, 08. So I, th I think, you know, I think downgrading the, you know, the credit of the United States, I think that was a grandstanding stunt by them. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a big debt. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that we don't have all these other issues. But Our country is held together by so many fine threads that make one strong braided rope. You know, and we have events like 9-11, like, like an environmental spill, like BP disaster. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, bond rating fail of the United States. You know, we keep breaking all these threads. You see? When the electric grid goes down, and they say how much more energy it takes to revitalize the electric grid, mm -hmm. the startup, the restart is slow. Building those threads, reconnecting. Once you fragment a complex society like this, you know we need to keep a recovery in recovery. And I think being conservative right now means, you know, if the banks, if the game was stacked against Main Street, it would every more cause to be liberal and give people a chance to refinance it out of foreclosure, have a low interest program where people can get their their access to windows and furnaces and these things that are very expensive to save for. It creates demand from manufacturing to labor on the street. And at some point and we talk about it a lot on this show for various reasons, is that student loans and education in general, a college education, the price has to be into the mix at some point, somehow, because that is just uh, that's going to get bad over the next few years. I want people to be able to retire their their student loans into their their refinance plan. I want to, I want this refinance plan to be a reset button for so many folks. Where get rid of that car loan, get rid of the student loans. Yeah, I mean nobody's going to be buying houses if they're paying a mortgage-sized student loan. Sure. Get the new green technology installed into the house so that people can live affordably, so that the dollars that they earn today are effective. Okay. How do we get the green technology? And, you know, I, and I, I love that stuff. I'm an environmental guy from way back, but I have different feelings 
that some of the green technology, it's not properly vetted. So you have all these people investing or uh, grants are given and notes are given to companies that end up being worthless because they're not vetted properly or the people don't have much business training. They're more kind of on the other side of that whole movement. How do we make sure these things are vetted before we well, it's drop a tough, the dime? It's a tough process because um, whenever a government tries to set industrial policy, which is basically what you're talking about, um, I know the Japanese tried to do that um, after World War II when we gave them you know, all those rebuilding uh, loans and finances to get back on their economy back on their feet. Um, they subsidized uh, entire industries. And apparently what we found out is that the um, companies that they subsidized or not didn't subsidize, it made no difference. I think it was Ira Magaziner that wrote a book about, or just touched on this subject in one of his books, was that uh, the solar industry began in the United States in the, in the mid-'70s. The technology was sold to Japan in the, in the late-'70s. They couldn't implement it. They couldn't bring it to market. It was you know, too early in the game. And uh, so now the technology is generally, uh, you know, it's splintered around the world. But I don't think investing in these private corporations is the complete answer. I think private industry, I think the demand is there. I want this technology to be, you know, it's user, um, the demand will come from the user. The, the households, you know, and I think that's how the industry can be respirited. I vaguely remember people having solar panels in the 80s. It kind of had started to right started to to make its way out there, and a lot of apartment buildings were doing solar and things of that nature. And then it did in the 80s, kind of faded into obscurity. Well, what ha what happens is that every time an alternative energy source starts to make inroads, um, the standard or traditional uh, energy companies. They go ballistic. They go ballistic. <laughs> and what they do after they've had a couple of gin and tonics to calm down <laughs> is they drastically lower the price of their product. Sure. And, you know, and, and you really can't blame the American consumer um, for not buying a solar panel at, you know, when the cost of the coal or the originated or the cost of the oil originated or the cost of the, uh, well, I think those are the two main ones, right? When the cost of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, energy source? Yeah, the you know the raw material energy sources. Um, you know, the, the stuff we, the non-renewable. Non, that's the word I was looking for. When the price of the non-renewable energy sources is dirt cheap. And it goes on the back burner. Then, exactly. Then the new technology goes on the back burner and it's, the, you know, and that's the end of that cycle. Which is what I'm concerned about in a kind of a different way in this election cycle, as much as everybody is burnt out on politics and they kind of want to take a break from it, are these things going to go to the back burner over the next two to four years and then it's kind of going to be a reset where people aren't really thinking about independent candidates or they're not thinking about forming a coalition or whatever it may be to if actually... The, if, the economy, if the economy recovers, right, Todd? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the uh, the day we met in East Greenwich, Tony, when we did signatures back in the the summer. Uh, gentleman that you introduced me to at that coffee shop, he was doing uh, renewables through okay. uh, yep. through the plastic bottles. Yeah. Whereas a piece of technology that he's this is brand new technology, but for the for a unit cost of six hundred thousand uh, dollars. This unit can produce 10,000 gallons of diesel fuel a month. Now, 
I know many of these public buildings that take twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of oil in winter season. You know, and I, I think any any town can afford, uh, you know, this project and and get that into the public buildings, have it available for sale at the local community. You know, I think that there's there's new technology just just waiting to happen, and we're so United States has been just decimated. You know, where once you know, I would have jumped at the chance to buy a thirty thousand uh, dollar, you know, multifamily house. And geez, if the economy was good, people could afford to buy these things. But they're sitting there stalled because people can't even afford a house at thirty thousand dollars. As a matter of fact, you know, who's buying up a lot of these uh, three-family houses is. Uh Investment companies it's and corporations. It's property grab for the for the yep. corporate vulture, uh, you know. So, I think that uh, that piece of equipment, Tony, would be an amazing purchase for any municipality, and uh, it would supplement so so much of the tax base going towards fuel. Sure, you could easily incorporate that in with your Department of Public Works and or the garbage trucks or whatever it may be, and. Or even if you had a you know smaller apartment complex or something like that, I mean, the technology is is uh, right. Is amazing. So you know people people have can't afford to invest in the, the, they're not investment savvy and the money just isn't there. Right. The folks that could have uh, invested just five years ago, yeah, it can be decimated. So the investment class is really at a standstill. Yeah, I mean, I hope I'm wrong on this, but it seems like the only way to get well, the big objection—a big objection to alternate fuel sources—a lot of times is infrastructure. Um, in other words, you know, we're not going to have hydrogen fuel cars because we don't have hydrogen stations every so many miles. Uh, we're not, you know, we don't have solar energy because we don't have solar panels or, you know, every so, you know, so many feet. It's, it seems to me that, like, looking at the way other countries have done it and looking at, what, at the way this country's done it in the past. Um, Whenever there's been a concerted push, it's always been at the government level. Whether it's to build the atomic bomb, that was a national program. Whether whether right, whether it was to build, yeah, you know, whether it was to eliminate polio as a disease, that was you know a nas- on the national level. Um, I know that uh, lately, speaking of alternative energy sources in the country of Brazil, they have gone a long way toward using uh, sugarcane as you know. To make ethanol for fuel, that was a government mandate. There was no vote. There was no democracy. The government they just said, "This is what we're doing." That technology, by the way, of turning plastic bottles into diesel fuel, uh-huh. is called thermal depolymerization, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a hot new technology. And uh, you know, if anyone out there is listening, and uh, you know, that's what you can bring to your local community is, is, mm-hmm. is, is concepts like that. Yeah, I just hope that things like something like that can be done on a big scale without government. Mandate or intervention. Well, every of these small towns, you know, they're considering windmills and things like that. And right. all of these projects are two, two to five million to kick off. You know, so uh, investing in a piece of technology, you know, at the at the million dollar mark that provides, you know, dozens of thousands of gallons uh, a month in diesel fuel to supplement public need in public buildings and school buses. I, I mean, that's that's where it's at. Yeah, it's worth it, but we have to convince people of that. Right. So the question is, unfortunately, and I hate to be this guy. The miserable guy, and that is. I'm trying not to be, so you you can pick up the slack by all means. Is, and there there are good stories, kind of George, like what you have been involved in with the community library. There are good stories where it gets so bad where people do come together. But how bad does it have to get? There's been 
towns in Detroit where they've gone so broke that you'll get a 30-, 60-day notice in the mail, and they'll say on this date that this town is broke on such and such a date. There's going to be no more garbage pickup. There's going to be no more police. And, you know, you have 60 days notice. It's up to you, but you're on your own. And I can unfortunately see that happening in this very state. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what the answer is to that. I think maybe one of the answers is I know that uh, sociologists and, um, you know, people who study, you know, human behavior and everything will tell us that, you know, individuals, you know, I think the current thinking is that individuals don't make much of a difference. It's always, you know, like masses of people, uh, groups of people. Um, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm starting to reconsider that. I think I might disagree. I'm, I think maybe that the right individual at the right time makes an incredible bit of difference. You know, that might be the difference between, um, you know, what we did at, the, you know, with the uh, library in Central Falls that I was involved in and uh, that town in Detroit that basically if there's not one person there or two people, uh, because that's what happened at the uh, library in Central Falls, the, the, the city tried to shut it down, and it was, you know, this the former director of the library, a fellow named uh, Tom Monahan, who just said, no, this isn't right. And if it wasn't for this one individual, he brought that coalition. Together. He brought that coalition right. together exactly, and then it grew from there. Um, you know, that town in Detroit, you know, may not have had such an individual. I mean, it, it might come down to individuals. It's very interesting, very interesting stuff. And well, I hate to say, I hate to say, like a, sound like an old geezer, but it's kind of scary. Less than 150 miles from here, we've got people living in South. They say they say Armageddon conditions: no electricity, no social services, uh, city services. They've got Old ladies climbing multiple-story buildings with their right. enough water to flush their toilet. It is. That's happening right now, folks. I'll tell you, it's scary, but if um, we want to end the show on a positive note, there's also it also opens all kinds of opportunity. You it know, does. To, to someone who wants to take the initiative. For coalitions, for exactly. independent-minded people. Exactly. You can get folks out there Whatever to consider putting veterans to work, uh, you know, in in in. I call it modules, work modules. I think that these leaders returning from, uh, you know, overseas can work with the local civilian population. It's on-the-job training. Mm -hmm. I think if with a little bit of government input, you know, these public these work modules can be used for private enterprise. It's mm -hmm. a nursing home. They can get a, a low-interest refinance, uh, you know, to bring themselves up to code, for example. Right. Um, you know. That's a loan directly to the nursing home. It's not a public handout. So, you know, they can work with a, a project module and get get these jobs done, whereas they may not otherwise be able to afford it. Yeah. The important thing is everybody in the listening range, if, if, while, political, while political season is quote-unquote over, don't let these ideas, don't get, let these thoughts, these ideas you're having about involvement, don't let them go on the back burner. A true activist is 365 days. You can't just think about it during political season. And we can't wait to, you know, for the next, you know, great, you know, great popular guy to get elected. No. You know, we have to work with people that have just been elected. Right. And we can't and we can't keep putting our hopes in a popular elected guy. We yeah. tried that. It never works. Right. <laughs> never we, works. We, we got a challenge. We got a challenge. The status quo today. All right. We got to get out of here. Any uh, more political aspirations from you, Todd, or have your my ears are open if uh, if Jack Reed gets uh you know secretary of defense position and there's a you know election coming up uh that triggers an election here in the state you'll you'll see my name on the ballot. It seems that like we talk about with Rhode Island being more conducive to something like that also 
a special election, I feel, would be very conducive for something like that because there isn't going to be, for the for the major candidates, there isn't going to be this long, drawn-out process where they're raising millions and millions of dollars. So it would be more, it seems to me, of a level playing field if there were some kind of special election for there's talk about Jack Reed, and there's talk talk about Sheldon Whitehouse too. So, I think it would be uh, you know a great uh, you know opportunity to make something happen. It's not going to happen with somebody who sits behind a desk. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. Thank you, Todd. George, thank you. Thank you. We are out of here. TonyJones.org, Facebook.com/slash/TonyJonesShow, and don't forget to check out AnarchoRadio.com. I'm going to leave you a little bit with the uh, lovely and talented Christy Martell. Here she is. Bye, everybody. Thank Bye. Good show. special gift that you'd like to share with the world? Then consider broadcasting your message on BTRN. The Bean Talk Radio Network is local, national, and international broadcasting with powerful programs that enlighten minds and change lives. BTRN hosts are passionate about purpose, motivating listeners to confidently move forward in the direction of their dreams. To host a show on BTRN, call 401-640-GIFT. Become a part of the Bean Talk Radio Network today and contribute to positive change tomorrow. We are BTRN, the Bean Talk Radio Network.
The best way to predict the future is to create it. The Intuitive Life Coach takes a metaphysical approach to life coaching, identifying root issues, accessing key problems, and formulating a highly effective approach and resolution. Through proven coaching techniques, the Intuitive Life Coach will help you to move confidently in the direction of your dreams. Author, counselor, teacher, Ron Ash is the Intuitive Life Coach. Call 424-777-LAWS or connect online at theintuitivelifecoach.me. Experience the power of being. Join author and intuitive life counselor Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. For a complete list of our affiliate stations and showtimes, visit beingwithronash.com. 